You are listening to Parenting in the Middle with Kristen Goodman, a place where we get to learn how to be more authoritative in our parenting, which means not too controlling, but not too passive and lenient either. A place where we can set boundaries, set limits, but also be a safe place for our kids to learn, make mistakes, come to us when they have a problem, all while enjoying parenting, especially our teens. Hi everyone, you're listening to Parenting in the Middle. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. It is the day after Mother's Day. I hope you had a good day yesterday. I hope you recognize all of the hard work and effort you put in day in and day out, wherever you are at in your stage of parenting, whether you have little kids at home, teenagers, older kids who've left the house. Being a mother is hard work emotionally, physically, and everything in between. It was funny because we went to bed last night. My husband said, how was your Mother's Day? I said, it was good. And he said, you didn't cry today. And I kind of laughed. And I was like, do I usually cry? And thinking back, I I don't have memories of crying on Mother's Day, but I do know that he's probably right because Mother's Day, birthdays, sometimes can feel like a lot of pressure on those days for it to be a certain way, look a certain way. And when it doesn't, it can feel kind of that emotional release you need at the end of the day where you just kind of cry. It's a real thing. And so if you can relate to that, you know what I'm talking about. My oldest daughter sent me this reel, or maybe it was a TikTok, that kind of expressed this idea of like, you have such high expectations for your day. And in this case, it was a birthday. And so much excitement building up to that day. And then that day comes and you're always going to be disappointed. And we just kind of laughed about that. And I had talked to another friend who was like, yes, I know exactly what that's like. There's just so much pressure, so much excitement, so much buildup. And the day can't possibly measure up to how you want it to go. Something will always happen. Uh, You can compare. You can feel disappointed. So no matter how your Mother's Day went yesterday, I want you to recognize the hard work, the effort that that is parenting. It's emotionally taxing. It's physically taxing. And it's okay. It's valid. and And nothing has gone wrong. It's completely normal. However, today on my podcast, I'm going to give you 10 tips to have a wonderful Mother's Day all year long. And these tips are the things that I've put into practice and learned where no matter how my Mother's Day goes, I know it's a good day. And I had a wonderful day yesterday. I am so thankful. I had so much love in my heart for my family, for my kids. And... I woke up that morning with the hope that it would be a good day and then redirected my thoughts to, it's within my control to have a good day. I am so thankful for the girls that I have in my life. And in that moment, I thought, I'm going to send them each a text telling them how much I love being their mom. And that is what Mother's Day means to me. It's my job and role as a mother, my relationship with my children is so important to me. So I decided instead of putting the pressure on them to act a certain way, be a certain way, show up a certain way, 
I get to choose how I show up with them and I'm going to text them and let them know how much I love them and appreciate them. And so I did. That is how I started my Mother's Day and it just set the tone for the most beautiful day of just loving and appreciating the life that I live. And so I want to share with you today the 10 tips, the 10 ways that I have created this habit of controlling how I choose to think and react and respond and, and really create more love in my life and within my family. And it's not just thinking positive, it's really seeing the beauty that is life, that in all of it, in the ways that are hard and in the ways that are just fun and easy. And so I'm going to share with them with you today. The first one is understanding and believing that your kids are not a reflection of you. Their behavior has nothing to do with you. And when you practice believing this and recognize that you are your own person, I am an, my own person. Who am I before I was a mom? What was my personality like? What was my, what did I like? What did I laugh at? What do I find funny? Who is Kristen? And what does she like? Aside from being a mom and a wife and all of these roles and relationships that we have outside of that, who am I as a person and what do I like? I think sometimes in marriage and in motherhood, we can lose ourselves. We can lose that part of ourselves that is fun and happy and lighthearted because we can put so much pressure on ourselves. So if our value as a mother isn't dependent on the success or failure of our kids, we can just enjoy them and influence them, give support them in everything that they do. We send the message to our kids that our love for them is unconditional because our love for them isn't based on the emotions we feel when we are stressed that they are not meeting our expectations, right? We can still have limits and expectations, but our behavior and emotions isn't dependent on what they do, and that is huge. Number two, don't take your child's behavior personally. When we take our child's behavior personally, we stop being calm, curious, and in control. And that's what we want. We become angry, frustrated, and irrational when we make it about us, when their behavior is about us. But the truth is, our child's behavior is about them. They are different than us, and that's coming back to number one, right? They are their own person. We are our own person. Our children have different thoughts, ideas, experiences than us. And we can improve our ability to stay calm by not making our child's struggles about us. And this goes into number three, that we can worry. It's okay. And I love this because with coaching, we don't have to worry. We can recognize the thoughts that are creating the worry, but also as their mom, I'm going to worry and it's okay. My goal isn't to become apathetic and not care. I love my kids and want the best for them. So of course I'm going to worry and I might even over worry because that's my natural tendency. And so I just acknowledge it. I tell my kids, hey, I worry about you because I love you. And, you know, it doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong. I, I understand and relate to them that my worry is coming from my own thoughts and concerns about what's going on for them. They aren't creating the worry in me. And then I let them know that I trust them. 
their feelings are about them, my feelings are about me. So they don't need to change their behavior for you to feel better. They don't need to change so you cannot worry. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't worry. If you're worried, let them know why you're worried. What's concerning you about what is happening? It doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem. There's a distinction there um, that's really important because you can worry about something you're fearful of happening in the future, but it hasn't happened yet and nothing has gone wrong. So it's not a problem. It's just a feeling that you're feeling that you can connect and be honest with your kids about, have a conversation about. And so you can worry, it's okay, but just know that that worry is coming from your thoughts and fears and be honest about it with your kids. Number four, boundaries are loving. Passive aggressive and resentful behavior is not. As moms, sometimes we can get passive aggressive and resentful. I know I have before, where we don't say what we're thinking, we get quiet, we might give someone the silent treatment, we think they should know what's wrong, they should say the right thing, right? It's not fun at all. And we want to teach our children to be honest. And when we get passive aggressive and resentful, we are not being honest with ourselves. We're not being honest with them. And so notice if you do too much for your kids, if you are feeling unappreciated or taken advantage of, you are the one choosing to do those things for your kids. And if you can't get to a place where you want to do those things, then you need to say no. You need to have boundaries. And it is more loving to have a boundary than to do those things and get passive aggressive or resentful for them. <clears throat> Number five, stop comparing your kids with other kids. This one is obvious and can be hard to do, <clears throat> but I love the idea of loving the child you have, not the one you wish you had or think you will have if you parent perfectly. If you think you can control your child's behavior and you're responsible for their behavior, you are going to feel terrible when they don't do the things you want them to do. But if you understand that your children have agency, they are their own person with their own ideas, thoughts, opinions, experiences, you just get to love and support them. Of course, you set limits. I'm all about setting limits. But when you compare and think your child should be different than they are, you're going to show up resentful, angry, frustrated, their behavior means something about you, and you're setting up expectations and ideas that are going to not help you as your children in the relationship, as your children grow up. No one wants to be compared to. So be watchful and mindful as you, if you compare yourself, your kids to their siblings, other friends. When my kids do this, they might do this with like a curfew and say, hey, my friend has a later curfew than me, or my friend has more screen time, or they don't have this, or they don't have that. And I, I tell them, I'm like, well, we can compare if you wanna compare experiences, but it goes both ways. So if you wanna give me examples of friends you have who have more lenient boundaries, I can give you examples of friends that I know that have stricter boundaries. So if we wanna compare, we can do that, but how about we just focus on what we choose to do and bring it back because comparing is never helpful. Number six, don't lose yourself in motherhood. Your interests, friendships, hobbies are important. 
Set time aside to develop yourself as an individual. Who were you before you became a mom? This kind of goes back to number one, being your own person. What do you like? What movies do you like? What songs do you like to listen to? What was your personality like? Has it changed since becoming a mom? Have you, do you feel like you've changed? Do you have a hard time enjoying the things that you used to like to enjoy? Are you feeling like you're over worrying and stressed out all the time? If so, that is a place for you to do some work and manage that because that's not the way it's supposed to be. You aren't supposed to lose yourself in motherhood or in marriage or any of that. You are your own person individually and it's important to, to maintain that within your life. Number seven, there is always something to be grateful for. We talk about gratitude a lot, so this is nothing new, but understand that your eyes see what your, what your mind focuses on. So if you choose to look for how everything is falling apart, that is what you will see. How I get myself out of this is to ask myself good questions. When I'm starting to get worried, um, or my husband will do this sometimes, where he will just focus on something that he is seeing that he doesn't like. And because I have done this work for a long time, I just naturally can see the good and hey, how I can naturally see how it's not all true. So sometimes we speak in ways that are very all or nothing, like they are always doing this or this is such a problem. And so then it's helpful to just bring it back to actually, of course we can take a look at where they are now and what we expect and what we want. But to feel so frustrated and out of control because it's all gone wrong is only going to impact the way that you show up and it will be in a way that has less influence and is in less control of the situation. All right, let's see where we are. Number eight. Allow your kids agency. This is a hard one. We would much rather just, it would be easier, right, to just control our kids, make them do the things we want them to, for them to be obedient and always, that all or nothing, choose the right and do what we want. We think that that's what would make them and us happy, but it is so important to give our kids choices. There's a reason why they have agency. There's a reason why we have agency. And really it is through our mistakes and shortcomings where we are able to learn and grow. And as a mom, sometimes I fall into that space where I want to be the one that helps them and saves them and teaches them. But really the way it's supposed to go is sometimes they are supposed to be the ones to learn without me. I'm not the one who is supposed to teach them. They're the ones that are supposed to learn. And however that learning comes is what they need in that moment. Children like having control and making choices. Doing so can help them solve problems, make decisions, and become more responsible. But they need to have that freedom to make those decisions and make the wrong decisions. Okay, and if we aren't always hovering over them, making sure they don't make a wrong decision, then they'll have that freedom. Of course, freedom with limits is healthy. I don't give my kids freedom to stay out all night. They have a curfew. And so you get to decide what freedom within limits means to you. But as your children grow, they're teenagers, young adults, 
They're adults who've left the house. They have their own families. It is even more important for us as parents to let go of our need to control them and allow them agency to live the life they choose to. This is called differentiation of self, and it goes back to you are your own person. Your children are their own person. Our kids can have their own thoughts, ideas, and opinions that are separate from our own. And this is a tricky one. This is one that I, I am fascinated by because I lived my life in a way for so long that was extremely attached to what my children did. And it made me lose myself a little bit. That person that I was before I became a mom was gone because it, I was so emotionally invested in everything my kids did. And it isn't a healthy place to be. And so this idea of self-differentiation, the ability to hold space for your own beliefs and ideas and know what they are, but also allow space for other people to have their own beliefs and experiences. There's room for both, and one doesn't need to be right or wrong. You have your own ideas, thoughts, and beliefs, and they are separate from your children's. And that is the way that it's supposed to be. And so number nine is let go of the idea of perfection. Perfection is an illusion, and it creates fear of failure and a need for approval. So we know that perfection isn't real. We don't even like people who are perfect, to be honest, right? Like if someone is perfect and always does something so perfect, they're really stressful to be around sometimes because you don't want to make mistakes or you don't want to sit in their furniture because everything is so spotless and clean. It's, it's not very comfortable. And so I like to go there when I think I need everything to be perfect. Actually, I don't need everything to be perfect, and I like it better when it's not because I am comfortable to be myself. And who I am is someone who makes mistakes, who might say the wrong thing, who might put my foot in my mouth. And when I'm free to be who I am, which can be silly and fun, it's so much more freeing and comfortable to be around. Number 10, the last one, practice self-compassion. This is, I liked this one at the end because this is a practice that you should put in daily. The antidote to perfectionism and all things parenting and human is self-compassion. Honor the part of yourself that wants to be perfect, that wants to do it right, that wants to love your children and mold them into who you want them to be. Honor that part of yourself and then choose to move forward appreciating who you are, what you do, and who your kids are and what they do. Your strengths, weaknesses, and experiences make up who you are. Your kids as well. So if you are late, make a mistake, yell at your kids, it's okay, you are human. The better you get at practicing this for yourself, the better you will get at offering it to your kids. So if they mess up, if they forget, or if they don't do their chores, they talk back, that's okay. You can be patient and loving and teach them. You can get upset and yell at them. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's the life that we have and it's what, what makes it so great. And what I love about this idea of self-compassion, allowing everything to be okay, as far as our human experience goes, is that the frustration will come, the impatience will come, 
but instead of it spiraling into everything has gone wrong, I am such a failure or my kids are such a failure, it's just frustrating. It can just be frustrating. Like, dang, parenting is hard. Teens are hard and it's frustrating, but that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be this huge problem where you've failed, which then goes into shame and just heartbreak and despair, right? It's just frustrating and it's supposed to be frustrating. It's not supposed to feel like heartbreak and despair. Do you see the difference there? So practice self-compassion and the best gift that you can give yourself really is to value yourself, your life, and your family just as they are. It takes time, it takes effort, sometimes it takes a lot of learning and practicing, but the results from it will last a lifetime. So take care of yourself, do the things you love, and genuinely be happy. This isn't just a choose happy cliche. This is a genuinely be happy. That means with all of the frustration, all of the feelings and emotions that come up as you're parenting that are hard and emotionally taxing, you can have all of that and be happy. And when you do this, you allow others around you to do the same. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you have any questions about anything I've said in this podcast, please send me an email. I will put a link in my show notes to anything that I've talked about. There's a blog post that I wrote where you can get the notes from this podcast episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you liked what you heard in this podcast today, I would love to connect with you in my Parenting in the Middle group coaching course that will begin in June. If you want to be on the wait list for that, go to parentinginthemiddle.com backslash waitlist. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Kristen Goodman Coaching. I will be sending an invite soon to everyone on my email list to join me in my Parenting in the Middle Facebook group, which I will be starting at the end of May. All right, see you there.